wouldn't it be great if there was a podcast that didn't focus on tips and tricks that didn't go ahead and, and focus on how do you make your first cult, you know million with your you know some strs like wouldn't it be great to have a, a podcast that focused on news and culture not on tips and tricks Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Buzicruz. Enjoy the show. So you've seen them all over Instagram. You may have even seen them in Dwell Magazine. And if you love design, travel, and hospitality, chances are that you've even dreamed about what it would be like to build your very own A-frame, cabin, or barn house with their designs. Today, I'm ecstatic to announce that this episode's sponsor is none other than Den Outdoors, the incredible company behind some of the most wish-listed cabins on Airbnb and the most followed A-frames on Instagram. Stay tuned for an incredible promotion in just about 15 minutes from now that will grant Behind the Stays listeners 50% off of Den's digital plans. All right, enjoy the episode and stay tuned for the promotion about 15 minutes into the show. In just a moment, you'll meet John Stokinger, co-host of the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast and the Director of Sales at Direct, which is a SaaS platform for short-term rental property and reservation management. In this very wide-ranging conversation, John and I talk about his time at the popular travel startup Hopper. We talk about how to build better technology platforms for short-term rental hosts. We talk about the pros and cons of industry events, and we also talk about the powerful network effects of podcasting. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet John Stokinger. All right, John, we are live, dude. How are you doing today? I am great. Thanks for having me. I am so excited that we finally made this happen. I feel like we've been like, we're both part of the Hospitality FM network and we've been like DMing a little bit back and forth in the Slack channel uh, or the Slack workspace. And yeah, I'm just glad that this that this day has arrived because I feel like I've seen you, I've seen your stuff, I've like read a bunch of stuff that you've thrown out on social, but um, I don't really know you. So I'm excited to get to know you. Well, I'm ex- thanks so much for having me. I, I appreciate the invite, and uh, I'm excited to get to to know you and your format and uh, and talk shop. Yeah, yeah, likewise, man. Um, well, I wanted to just kind of get right into it and hear for, first and foremost, sort of how you got into this space. So, like, what is what's John's story? How does he end up in the hospitality uh, and hospitality adjacent spaces? Yeah, I, by accident, I think like most of us in the space, it was it was an accident. Uh, previous to, I, I've been in the short term rental side of the vendor side of STRs for almost seven years now. Okay. Um, before that, I I sold hardwood lumber. Huh. Um, so I was a, a lumber trader. Um, I sold kiln dried lumber, and I had moved my family down south out outside of Chattanooga. Okay. And we. It just we weren't feeling the industry anymore. We weren't feeling the South. Um, I'm, a, I'm a northern boy. Um, <laughs> my wife's from Western PA. I'm from New England. So we just we wanted to get so it just wasn't really feeling it and, and yeah. took a role, uh, a just find a remote role that I could work from home. Um, and it happened to work for, you know, start with a company, Ascent Processing at the time. I think it's payments now, but they were a payment processing company specifically for, and still are, uh, for vacation rentals and short-term rentals. Okay. Um, so that's kind of what got me into it. And then we allowed us to move back up north and I haven't worked uh, in an office since. Wow. Uh, so. <laughs> wow, dude, that's amazing. But, so so you you were literally just looking for any any job that would allow you the flexibility to work remote yeah. and you landed in the space indeed.com is where i uh clutch, just where clutch. i stumbled into <laughs> uh stumbled into it yeah and i mean truly it was uh the you know ascent i was with them for over a year and a half um the the job was okay yeah um but but the people and and like the stories and just like the 
you know, the STR world is really what, what got me hooked and then I haven't left and I'll never leave. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do have a question for you. There is, I imagine like this was, this was at least my experience. I'm also, you know, very, very new to this whole world, but it's something, did you, did you experience being surprised by, by the industry and like just how, how large it was and how quite frankly, like antiquated aspects of the industry are like, were, was it a culture shock for you to get into this space? Cause of course you had heard of vacation rentals. Of course you had heard of, you know, Airbnb, but like, did you even know at the time how, how sort of like large and I would even argue sort of like fractured the, the, the space was. I, I, I didn't really understand what I was getting into at the time. And, you know, coming into it, the, the, what actually probably surprised me the most was the fact that, you know, you would go, I went to my first conference and everyone was like, hoorah and excited and, and <laughs> you know, but, and it was, and it was pretty, you know, it was energizing in a way and I, and I kind of got hooked, but, but what was interesting compared to other industries I'd worked in in the past in lumber, wasn't the first industry I'd worked in that, that competitors are still friendly hmm. and they're still bouncing ideas off of each other. And, and even in the same market, you could be like, this is my like biggest competitor right down the road. And, and I'm still bouncing ideas off of them and vice versa. And, and so that was really interesting to me because in prior industry and in prior verticals I had worked in, that wasn't the case. Like yeah. things were tight and tight knit secrets and, you know, and so that was probably what surprised me the most. Yeah. Yeah. I know it does seem, it does seem like everyone is, is quite welcoming and you, you're almost like skeptical, right? If you've worked in another industry too, because you're like, wait a second, what's the catch? Like, why are they being so nice? Like, why are, why are they offering me this insight? Um, and yet there are just yeah, it, a lot of genuine people in the space. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, to, to bounce off that, I mean, I thought at first, like people were just being two faced, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, really? Okay. And then, you know, what, what are they really trying to get out of it? And nothing. I mean, everyone is just trying, it's more for the betterment of the industry for the betterment of, um, you know, short-term rentals and vacation rentals. You yeah. know, if you think about it from a community standpoint, if, you know, as short-term rental, as hosts or pro professionally managed or whatever the case, our biggest competition isn't each other, it's hotels. Yeah. It's yeah. other accommodations. Yeah. And so if we can kind of band together and, you know, and rise that way, I think, I think that's where the, you know, it comes from. And, yeah. it, and that was just uh, different for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's super interesting. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the whole, like, I think uh, the founder and CEO of uh, Shopify talks about like, they had that big campaign when they were, I think, I don't know if it was their go-to-market strategy or I think it was a little bit later where it was, their big tagline was like arming the rebels, right? Like, and this, it was this whole idea of like helping empower small, you know, mostly small e-com, e-commerce shops to be able to like use Shopify tools as opposed to just listing their products and services right. on Amazon. Um, um, and it, I, I do feel like there's there's a similar sort of like culture in in this space. It's like, and and maybe maybe right where you are even at a point where uh, folks folks are folks are cons folks consider the Airbnb uh, you know Airbnb and, and Verbos of the world to, to kind of be the Amazons right. And there's right. This, there's this other sort of equipping of the rebels that that are happening with happening with like direct bookings and and direct booking software and whatnot. Um, but but it does it does kind of feel right like there's this there's this oneness uh, in in fighting the man, so to speak. <laughs> right. And whoever the man is. Right. Yeah. And, the, and I think depending on the direction you're looking, the man is, you know, today is this person um, and the man is someone else, you know, next week. But but I, I like that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Um... Den Outdoors began because its founders knew that building a cabin changes who you are and having a cabin changes how you live. And sharing a cabin, well, that changes how you engage with others. I've met so many incredible hosts in the short-term rental community who have used den designs to build their bespoke escapes, many of whom who have been guests on this very podcast. And now it brings me so much joy to announce that we have partnered with Den to bring you an exclusive discount on their digital design plans. By using the discount code SPONSTAY50, that's S-P-O-N, S-T-A-Y 50 at checkout, you can get any of Den's digital plans for 50% off. That's right. 
5-0, not 15%, 50%. So even if you're not quite ready to pull the trigger on the land that you've been eyeing to build your dream cabin on, go ahead and purchase a den plan today because chances are you're not gonna find a deal like this one again anytime soon. So head on over to denoutdoors.com and be sure to use the discount code SPONSTAY50 at checkout. That's SPONSTAY50 at checkout. One word, no spaces. All right, guys, back to the show. I want to hear a little bit about your time at Hopper because I I've like actually been a fan of Hopper for for years. Um, and uh, there you know there I would imagine sort of like working at this startup was was quite different right from from selling lumber. Um, and and I'm curious what what were a couple of lessons that you learned during your time there that have really kind of stuck with you that have that have shaped the way that you see the industry today. Yeah, uh, great question. I. So Hopper, I was with Hopper for 14 months um, and I was, you know, I came on board with Hopper when they were, I think I was early on, on the Hopper Homes vertical side of things. So Hopper Homes went live in January of 2022. Yeah. So they weren't live that long and I was the first, you know, focused on outside direct sales um, on that vertical. Okay. Um, so the things that were interesting to me with Hopper, it's such a huge company. Yeah. But um, but they, they worked in this in this manner that is, you know, similar to Netflix and is Amazon with a single threaded ownership. Hmm. So, you know, you are in a, you know, small groups of, you know, you, you report to one person who reports to someone else. Like, so there wasn't, you know, never in groups more than 10 yeah. people and, and you work autonomous, you know, autonomously and you, you get things done and you don't really have to go ahead and, and, you know, get, get a thumbs up from 10 different, 10 different, you know, ch- you know, chiefs yeah. is a bit, yeah, lack yeah, of yeah. a better word. Yeah. Um, and you just make things happen. For example, the Hopper Homes vertical, when they're ready to go ahead and push something out on the app, they just pushed it out on the app. They didn't have to go up to the, another head and another head and another head. Yeah. So it was kind of a work fast, break things. If it's broken, fix things, yeah. which is a really different mentality. I don't necessarily love that mentality in our space, especially with the hospitality. So, mm-hmm. I mean... I learned a lot from it yeah. in, in both positive and negative, I think, as what I've took taken out of Hopper. What do you think, like, what was there or was there sort of like a unique value proposition or like a point of differentiation for them getting into the space? Or or was it just like, oh, hey, this this is blowing up and we we need some offering here? I mean, they're 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 a tech first and they obsess over their their guests yeah. um and they, they always have um they have more you know flight data points than any other company in the world so i mean everything started with the flights yeah and in taking those those data points and be able to add uh fintech yeah so financial technologies is truly the differentiator um financial technologies and gamification. Yeah. So those two things in really focusing on like the Gen Z and the millennials as, you know, as the buying power yeah. is what made Hopper like explode and continue to explode. It's the fastest growing travel app in the world. Huh. And it, it will continue to do so if as long as they keep on doing the things that they're doing, you know, they have this, you know, you know, cancel for any reason, um, and things like price freeze. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're a company that, you know, why they're so successful is that they, they added, you know, price freeze for their flights, but it was being so successful that they actually sold that same technology to a competitor of theirs to add price freeze. Huh. So not only are they able to have price freeze, anytime their competitor uses their their product of price freeze, they're also making money off of it. It's amazing. So it's pretty ingenious. Uh, so a lot of things that Harvard, I mean, but it's the gamification and the use of fintech yeah. are truly what has is allowed and will continue to allow uh, Hopper to to just crush. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, I've also been impressed by them as as a brand because they they were able to tap into uh, you know the major credit cards and the major banks too. Like I think about like Capital One, like Capital One uses like Hopper for their like for their sort of travel portal for for members, right, and, and for rewards. Right. And I remember seeing that, and that was for me like the first moment where I realized like I feel like I must have found Hopper really really early. And um, to me, they were just like a 
you know, like a small, a small startup, like a, trying to do some, trying to like empower sort of like the modern traveler with a little bit more data on like when they should book, when they should not. And now, you know, they're licensing these deals with these like major corporations. And so, um, yeah, I was just selfishly kind of curious about your role there and, and how that worked and, and some lessons that you, uh, that you learned during your time there. Thanks. It's uh, I mean, I, I love my time at Hopper. I, you know, obviously it was a, it, we parted ways um, and I have the ability to go ahead and work for my new company I'm working at now, but it was, uh, I learned a lot of great lessons and in uh, some of the, you know, the focus specifically on, you know, that the FinTech and the gamification are the, these lessons learned and how they are, they're marketing and how they're getting their, their reach. Yeah. Um, their market reach is, you know, things that I can, I can take to, and anyone could take to, to their businesses. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. From, from your perspective, you, you, I'd love to hear a little bit about your, your role at Direct and kind of like what you guys are up to, what you're doing. Um, and then in conjunction with that, like what what opportunities do you see in this space right now? I Like I love talking to entrepreneurs in, in this space that are coming in and, and trying to figure out how to build the right technology solutions to you know, help the space become a little bit more professional, right? And obviously you guys have seen like, and we're all seeing institutional capital flood into the space like we haven't ever before. And so it's actually a really, really exciting time to be to be in hospitality and specifically within the context of the short-term rental and, and vacation rental space. But I'd love, I'd love to just, you know, hear some of your musings, right? What are you guys talking about at Direct? First and foremost, what do you guys do? And then what are some opportunities that, that you see or that, uh, that you're watching out for? Yeah. The well, first of all, direct is we're a property management software company. So, like all the other property, we offer a, a similar but different solution. Um, we are a one of the only, if not the only, that can truly nurture a a host. You know, someone from a property management company from infancy, so one or two properties, all the way up to enterprise. Wow. So what what we do at, at direct and what we're really proud of is the that we. Um, we're intuitive, hmm. so we're, we're easy to use. Onboarding is a breeze. Uh, we we are can compare pricing wise with any of the other softwares. But the biggest thing is that it just the layout, the UX, the UI just makes sense. Hmm. It's you know anyone you know if you're if you can go ahead and scroll Facebook and you can do some basic things um, and do your email, it's gonna it's gonna make sense when you get in the software. Yeah. Um, so. A lot of the other software can do a lot of things, um, but we we feel that you know we started out as an enterprise solution first, yeah, and kind of worked backwards from there, yeah, to enable you know hosts to come on board. So if you're a host with even two or three properties and you're unhappy with your current solution, I'm like I'd love to chat with you. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. As far as you know, the tech of, of where things are going and what, what I'm excited about, what I. You know, but let's talk about the the influx of money to our into our space yeah. the institutionalized you know money i i think it's a it's double edged sword right mm -hmm. and i think it, it's a great thing because we're seeing a lot of consolidation we're seeing a lot of money raised where you know there's acquisitions here there's acquisitions there we're making these super companies um but some of these super companies are making it so if you are a user in one of these super companies you're I wouldn't say like they have their preferred vendors and their preferred, you know, partnerships. Yeah. Um, but what, what happens when you want to use another, another vendor or another partnership, it, it makes it a little bit hard 
and, and some of the code that might not, you know, consult, you know, be as clean. So I think it's great for, yeah. you know, if you're happy to be living in that environment of whatever super brand that is, Yeah, I think there's a lot to be learned and, 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 you know, to, you know, their version of it is, you know, together we'll, you know, we'll ri- rise these tides and our ships will rise together. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of money coming in. There's a lot of people coming into space that have, that just see this as dollar signs. Yeah. And they don't necessarily have a, a working on the ground, boots on the ground, you know, understanding of what is necessary or, or reports and, you know, really know what property managers slash hosts need or want. Yeah. And they're just building a product based on guesstimates. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, and, and then the, and retrospectively, they have to go back and, and like un, unmake slash break it and then rebuild it again. And then you're just getting some fragmented, you know, tech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which in turn makes it so companies like I, you know, I've been talking to, a, and you, I'm not sure if they've been a guest on the, I'm talking to a company called Enzo Connect. Um, so shout out to Francois, if you're listening, uh, who, who their sole job is basically they're the Zapier of hospitality, right? Huh. Which so it is, so they'll come in and they'll take all your fragmented Franken build, uh, you know, tech and make it all talk together and work well together. So yeah. there's opportunity every which one way, you know, but I, I so I, I kind of see it as a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And and I'm, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because I don't think people are talking about that aspect of it enough. Um, and, and I just do want to circle back on what you were talking about uh, a minute ago with, with direct and what you all are trying to do in terms of uh, really, really crafting a, a solution that prioritizes great UX and UI. I actually, you know, for what for our listeners sake i've never actually seen your platform so i i have no i have no uh dog in the fight so to speak here but but if you guys are doing that and you're able to do that well i I, from my perspective like that's the missing link like there are so many great solutions as you as you uh, noted earlier that can do a lot of things but coming from you know the ed tech world which is where i had my my previous kind of career and the the various solutions that uh, the various software solutions available there, and then coming into this space and seeing what folks have to deal with, it's it is like really really sad that it's so complicated, right? It's it's it, it, it's like it really does need to be way more intuitive. Even the the direct booking sites, like these templates and and whatnot that a lot of folks have baked into their their PMS solutions, they're they're so limiting. Like they are so right. so limiting, right? And I know that there are like great other, you know, other solutions out there that are that are great. I know that the folks at Boostly like do a really good job with building out direct booking sites. But from my perspective, anyways, PMSs need to get way, way, way better at offering way more functionality, specifically as it pertains to sort of like the marketing tools that I think these these hosts uh, need. Because the reality is, if you if you're serious about building this into a business, right, and you do want to unaddict yourself from the OTAs, if that's your if that's your prerogative. You need Martech, really, but that is right. going to support you and, and help you to be able to do that. Of course, you need fintech, right? You, you need you need all you need lots of tech, but like I think one of the biggest missing gaps is like great Martech tools in in the space. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that, and you know to kind of go back to you know finding that so- like changing software sucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, think about all the different pieces that go into software. There's accounting. There's you know you have your you know your your housekeeping, your maintenance side of things, your prop tech, right? You have, you know, all of your reservation side of the software. Yeah. And, you know, that's just a small part of it. Then you have your users and you, you know, have your marketing tech and, and all that side of things. So I think th- those that are going to win are those that can, that can scale with your guests as they grow or yeah. not guests, but clients as yep. they grow. Yep. Um, and then also, you know, I, I agree with you with regards to the, you know, MarTech stuff is give them the, you know, give them a solid booking engine solution. Um, but if they don't want to use that, allow them to go ahead and use their own solution. Yeah. There's so many great solutions. Have an open API yeah. that allows someone to go ahead and and just tag in and do whatever they want to do. Like our code is, you know, if you go to our website, which is directsoftware.com, <laughs> and you scroll down all the way down to the bottom, it says for developers, and you can click on it and all our 
you know, all our guest facing code is right there. So you can go ahead and look at it and see it. And if you need more access, just reach out and we'll go ahead and give you more. Like we're not closing that off to yeah. anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that companies that want to take that, that, that guest slash user first approach. Yeah are going to be successful. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And just to put a last bit on this, and then we I, I want to move on, but is there's also just, from my perspective, and I'm sure you guys are seeing this too, a lot of new entrepreneurs, a lot of new property managers, a lot of a, a lot of new uh, portfolio uh, uh, folks that are interested in kind of like building large portfolios that are entering this space, right? Like the number of people that I, I even just know and that I've seen, you know, on, on Twitter and social and then some personal connections who like have they they worked in tech their company had an exit they got a nice little payout and now they want to get into into real estate but they don't want to do real estate like their parents did like they're really right. interested in building a cool brand and starting a couple of Air, airbnbs they're probably like a frames right in the middle of the minnesotan forest or something like that right like and, and like this idea is 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 generationally like sexy meaning like i feel like there's this whole cohort of people that are just like craving right the opportunity to to build these really cool brands build these these niche portfolio offerings and as such right these younger typically individuals they're used to software being incredibly intuitive they're used right. to being able to do exactly what they want when they want at the speed that they want and the friction that i feel like a lot of them are encountering right now with some of the systems that have been around for a little while or even some of the younger systems that haven't quite figured out how to be how to, how to build in, in in a way that is truly, truly uh, uh, designed to be as friction-free as possible, they're, they're going to suffer, right? Like, like they're, right. they're, they're going to hurt because you've got a generation of people that, quite frankly, aren't just aren't going to be patient enough um, to, to figure out how to use your ecosystem, which, again, provides, I think, a lot of opportunity for you guys and others in this space that are going to inevitably rise up and try to solve these problems. No, I could, couldn't agree more. And, and to take it a step further, like this – these youth or th this generation that's coming into the or that has made their money and is now going ahead and looking at this as another financial opportunity what where a lot of the softwares and a lot of the the past tech lacked is like a reporting yeah slash, and you know the ability to go ahead and dive deep into the analytics and to understand you know the data and you know i encourage everyone that that's looking at software is understanding is like find a software that works for you that will allow you to leverage data and allow you to to communicate with you know different you know pricing strategies you know there there's lots of amazing ones out there you know revenue um companies like price labs and beyond pricing and wheelhouse or to name a few yeah you know you know find a software that will work with those and allow you to go ahead and, and just and, and make your decisions based on cold data, yeah. not on whims yeah, yeah. and oh. guesstimates. <laughs> That's gold, man. That's gold. Um, I, cool. I want to shift and talk about podcasting, right? Because one, I'm a podcast nerd, obviously. And I know that you are also a, well, I don't know if you would identify as a podcast nerd. You are definitely a podcaster. Um, and so I want to hear a little bit about the No BS uh, STR show that, you, uh, that you've put together. And then I also want to talk about this new podcast that you've recently launched, which is like very diff different from other podcasts. And But, but let's start with uh, the No BS uh, STR show. Where did the idea for that come from? Talk to us a little bit about the show, uh, and then and then we'll graduate to uh, to the next show that you've been dabbling with. Awesome, yeah, thanks. The uh, so I co-host the No BS Short Term Rental Podcast with uh, Matteo Bradford. Uh, we this started, you know, we decided we're what we just recorded our ninety eighth episode, right? Wow, so we're congrats. we're about to hit hit a hundred here. We're really excited. Uh, we it was just you know. We call, you know, traveling around to different shows, the Carney circuit, right? You have all the vendors that are together. They go to the VRMAs, the VRM Intels, the, the professional side of our industry shows, right? And and after or during the shows when, you know, all the, the, the us Carneys, like the vendors would go ahead and, and just commute, you know, and have like no, no BS yeah. talks. Yeah. And, and we're like, oh, wouldn't it be great if there was a podcast that didn't focus on tips and tricks? Yeah. That didn't go ahead and, and focus on how do you make your first cult, you know, million with your, you know, some STRs. Like, how do you go, with, you know, wouldn't it be great to have a, a podcast that focused on news and culture, hmm. not on tips and tricks? Hmm. Um, so that's kind of, you know, and then we finally got the, uh, 
the balls <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we put our first one out and it was, you know, it took a while, obviously, to get gain some traction. Yeah. But not too long. So we, we were able to, you know, just really start putting one out a week and um, shoot, we're at 98 now. So, I mean, it's a focus on, you know, it's more geared towards CEOs and founders yeah. and, and those in the side of the space. Um, to learn stories about, you know, how people cut into the industry, how, you know, what makes them tick, you know, where they came from, you know, comparable to, you know, kind of the, some of the questions you're asking me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've had some really pretty amazing guests and we have some more amazing guests scheduled in the not so distant future. So nice we're excited. What a, uh, I, I have to ask, what's like, what's your favorite question to ask people or like, what's a question that you'll never ask somebody again? Either one, pick one, or you can answer both. Uh, no, no, I I like to ask the questions where, and I, I don't know, like I have a potty mouth, so I'm going to keep this No, PG. please, please keep, okay, potty mouths no. are you okay here, yeah. Okay, I, I like to ask, you know, you know, where people think they fucked up. Yeah. Or, yeah. or how, if, you know, you know, I'd like to kind of put them on the spot and it's like, how would you not do something like that? Yeah. So those are the kind of questions I like to ask is, you know, like if you could do this again, or if you could tell somebody, you know, how to like, cause you know, you've admitted that you, you, you messed up with this. Yeah. Um, how would you redo it? So those are the type of questions we like to ask. We like to kind of get some of the, that dirt out of it. Yeah. That's good. People. That's good, man. Um, so, uh, you just set yourself up. So tell me about a time that, uh, that you really fucked up. Like what's something, what's something in, in recent, relatively recent history that you were so bullish on that you just got like totally wrong. No, I, I, as, as a guy in sales, um, and, and I'm adamantly trying to not do this and, and I'm not doing this now, but as a guy in sales trying to meet quota yeah. on this more as an individual contributor and not necessarily like right now I'm in a director of sales role at direct, but as an individual contributor where, where I would mess up is maybe a little over promise uh, or, you know, go ahead and, and, and see something that is on the promise a date that's on a, say a roadmap yeah. um, that, you know, you know, it's not going to happen, but, but <laughs> like, like it, it will happen, but maybe not by the time, you know, so that that's, I, I try not to do, and I do not do those things anymore, but yeah, I've definitely been, uh, been that guy in the been, past. Yeah. I've been like, Oh dude, like this guy, they, 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 they just need this feature. You go to your engineering team. You're like, Hey, uh, how far out are we on, on this feature? And they're like, Oh, you know, like six years. And you're like, cool. We'll have this in six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we got this for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Uh, well, Hey, I like that. that that's, that's, a, that's a good learning. That's important. And I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I, I think when it, just no, so go one ahead. last thing, yeah. you know, on, you know, if I like talking to my engineer team, development teams now, right. If I see something on the roadmap that is, supposedly like this is going to come out in January in June. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go to, to whoever I'm talking to and whoever I'm, you know, in conversations with the, Hey, the roadmap says June, we know let's add two months to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we know what things happen. And again, I'm not a hundred percent promising. Like it is on the roadmap. Like yeah. I see it, I could show you. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, let's not count on June. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, I, I think a lot about, again, my, my previous experience and uh, working working with, um, you know, MarTech providers and whatnot. And like, I think one of the one of the things that's just most frustrating is you'd, you'd almost rather people just be really candid and honest up front because it doesn't necessarily mean I'm not going to purchase your software, right? It just means that right. I need to figure out like, okay, how am I going to solve for this one thing in a different context, like, or in a different way? And I, like, there have been many, many, many times where like, uh, you know, a, a SaaS company has come back to me and, and that I'm considering and they've said, hey, I'm so sorry, we can't do this. We, you know, have this uh, plugin with with Zapier that you could use to make this thing happen. But like we're unfortunately, this is just like not something that we can handle right now. And I've still bought their their software. Right. And so, like, I think right. I think like, you know, um, not that this is a SaaS podcast, but it, but it is just really or a SaaS sales podcast. But I, I do think just being radically honest upfront is better for everybody. It's better for everybody 100%. at the end of the day. You I, really I don't gain that much. Transparency in the side of sales, like, you know, A, you need to be a good listener. You need yeah. to actually understand what the, what your, the, you know, the, your client prospects, you know, needs are. Yeah. And then if you can't do it, just be like, hey, I, I can't do that. And, yeah. You know, I don't know if or when we, this is the workaround some of our clients are currently using. Yeah. Can I introduce you to them and see, you know, how hard this is? Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. If we're not a good fit, we're not a good fit. And I'm cool with that. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Actually, one last thing on this since we're talking about it. Um, so I built this, my, my team built this um, uh, little like widget um, where basically it lives on your, if you have a direct booking site, uh, we've got a widget called ping. It lives on your direct booking site. Users, the, the real target market here are folks that have like, you know, pretty unique stays. There's lots of demand for these stays. There's not a lot of availability for these places, you know, usually. But what folks can do is they can drop this little widget called ping on their website. Folk, anyone can go sign up and John can say, hey, I want to be notified if this place ever becomes available during a weekend in October so I can take, you know, my, my family at, to this really cool A-frame in Colorado or whatever it is, right? Right. And one of the things that's super interesting, we built this tool. We shipped it. We probably have like 15, 20 customers right now. Like it, it's super, super small, right? But one of the things that's happening is folks are using this tool in like a totally different way than we expected. Whereas what, what individuals are doing is they're opening their calendar, you know, a couple months at a time, three months at a time, whatever it might be. They're having all these people sign up via ping and then they're using that data to to discern what like the nightly rate should be for each of those weekends. So if you and like your oh, wow. family, right? Like if, if 10 of you say, I wanna go October 13th through 15th to this place, right? The, the host is now being like, oh, I'm gonna jack the price way up for that weekend because I know I have 10 oh, people that are interested in that specific weekend, right? Anyways, it's just, it's just so funny how like, we, we would have we, we didn't build the tool with that in mind at all. Right. And yet now it's something that people are people are using and finding value from. You should, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I like that. I wonder if it could be instead of being directly on a on a like a booking engine, if like a you know one of these revenue uh, softwares could go ahead and utilize that yeah. in more of a of a grand uh, more grand scale. Yeah, yeah, probably, man. There's a lot of people a lot of people in this space that are significantly smarter than me. So. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. I want to stop talking about software because we could talk about this all day, clearly. Um, tell tell us about this new podcast that you've, that you've created because what's so cool about it, John, is uh, I again, I'm I am a podcast nerd. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I've hosted a couple of different podcasts in a f in few different industries now. Um, I have never heard of something that you're like what you're trying to do here outside of just you know pure a pure fictional show. So talk to us about sort of like where the idea came from, what it is, and what the heck you're trying to do. Yes. So we have derailed. It's it's called Derailed, a fictional mystery podcast. And it is our fourth episode dropped, has dropped. Okay. Um, so a new episode comes out every Tuesday. So episode five comes out next Tuesday. It is it takes place in a short-term rental world. So it's you know, so we as in myself and Matteo and our co-founders, myself, Matteo Bradford, who is also the co-host in No BS with me, and our good friend, our good writer friend, Neely Khan, the three of us, we came together and said, we, we really want to go ahead and do something outside the box. Yeah. How do we go ahead and, and like our industry knows us and, and like marketing this specifically to the short-term rental industry is, 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 is cool, but it's not that great how do we go ahead and, and do this kind of outside of this box outside of a box idea but bring our industry to a whole different genre of listeners yeah. a whole different genre of people so we decided to make a murder mystery and so we we 
we t- we wanted to tap into that true crime slash murder mystery uh you know genre which is like the number two downloaded uh podcast genre in 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 every out of yeah, everything yeah, yeah so we 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 neely's writing this story we have a bunch of sponsors that you know that have you know at different levels of sponsorship you know our our main sponsor is cassiola they they are they are starring role they're they're going to be mentioned in multiple multiple episodes in the story so we have probably 10 or 12 different sponsors that are subliminally placed. So think product placement yeah. inside the story. So every episode, there is at least one sponsor that is represented. And that that's, you know, for example, this last episode that just dropped, um, episode four, we we partnered with Mount. So in the story, um, the the main character is having a conversation with someone at an airport talking about when he gets to Miami. Yeah. He's excited to go ahead and rent an e-bike yeah. through his vacation rental through Mount. Yeah. And there's a whole conversation, but it's not really salesy. Yeah. And there's no commercials in it. So, I mean, truly, I don't think anyone has ever done this. No. In any vertical ever. Huh. Um, so... Think old timey radio where it was commercials, but there's no commercials. It's just you know, it's think it's more of like that that Coke bottle in the movie or yep. that Audi that Audi in the superhero movies. Like you know, you see it, you know they paid money for it, but you know it's just product placement, yeah, exactly. and that's what this is with with derail. That is so cool, man. That is so cool. So I I'm curious, like what what what's the goal here? Like is this is this a is this something that you think could be replicated time and time again is this just kind of like a fun like one-time little project like where where do you see this going we we have some some grand you know you know we have some ideas where it could go i mean ultimately the goal the initial goal was like how do we bring the bring our industry to to people that don't necessarily aren't thinking about vacation rentals as a general yeah um now you know there's great. Could we replicate this by, you know, one brand coming in and saying, Hey, would you wrap a whole story around our brand, Hmm. um, in the future? Um, one thing I know that we won't be doing is in the future, at least I won't be doing is to be doing like also being a voice actor as well, which is like a whole (laughs) new role for me. Um, you know, if, if, and when would this happens again, which, which we think there's a good possibility, uh, we can, at that time, we could charge more um, because we'll have some data behind what we've done, showing that it, it is you know successful and it has worked. Um, because all one, every one of these brands that came and was a part of what we're is a part of what we're doing. It was all like based on a leap of faith. Yeah, it's yeah. based on like a, a relationship that we built over the years. And you know, a lot of these partners that are working with us because they know Mateo, myself, and Neely. They're like, yeah, sign us up. We'll do yeah. it. We believe in you. But we didn't have any data. We just had like hypotheticals where yeah. like we put a nice deck together showing like this is potentially what it could be. And this is where how many people are downloading, you know, this genre of, but we had never done it before. We who, They didn't know if it was going to be good. They don't know. They're like, really? Just, hey, no, no murders in our, our short-term rental, okay? Yeah. Like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and, and the whole category in and of itself is is risky, right? Because it is it is a murder mystery, right? And, like, what are the what are the potential, like, negative, like, you know, brand uh, brand recall uh, that, that might happen because of that, right? So I, I'm sure yeah. you guys have figured out how to write this in a way right. that, you know, you don't cross that line, but... Yeah, it's a fun 100%. challenge. I mean, it's there's some dark, dark things. We're t- I mean, we're also, you know... Mateo and I and the No BS Productions who's who's backing this is, you know, we are we are really big on inclusivity yeah. on you know on the DEI front of things. And so we wanted to go ahead and bring a lot of the story to to touch some different things that aren't, you know, I wouldn't say taboo, but you know, aren't necessarily like super, you know, PG yeah. either, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it's it's a little dark because it is a murder mystery and we touch on some topics that are maybe a little controversial but the brands represented in are always are represented in a positive light you know the goal is hey you hear about Cassiola or you hear about arrive and you're like oh shoot i think i want to go ahead and stay there yeah you know there, there's a link in the you know in the show notes where you can go ahead and, and come to the uh 
and take, you know, it brings you right to their website and go ahead and check it out. So that's the, the, the goal. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a super, super interesting play, right? And I, I'm just excited to see how, you know, how it all uh, ends up, you know, playing out because what's, what, what, if successful, what you've done is you've created a model that others, um, you know, might, may be able to replicate. You guys certainly could replicate of introducing folks to new brands, that otherwise would have no idea that like you can go stay at a place without booking it through Airbnb, right? For for a, right. as an example, right? Like when you start hearing about these these organizations, these collectives, whatever it might be, these these vacation rental uh, managers, and you, you you learn more about these like independent companies. To your point, you, you might actually go and Google their name after. And like I'm thinking about, I was actually just talking with um, Rebecca and Travis from the 100 collection the other day. Yeah, and like yeah. like this, this, they would be perfect for something like this, right? Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get guests to first and foremost even recognize the brand as something you know meaningful they're building their you know portfolio and whatnot um or and their and their partnerships but like at the end of the day if they're going to be successful they need guests to care about staying at like a 100 collection home right right and so something like well, this hey, would be perfect for the them. nice thing about the nice thing about that is uh, one of their 100 collection uh property managers uh seaside vacations and rentals um, out of Shinkatig, Virginia, is featured in our story as well. Oh no way! Okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, this is this is. I mean, again, it, it's hard and it, it's it's a leap. But if if you can do this and if you can pull it off, super super interesting model, and it'll be cool to see how others try to you know make it. It's it's actually a really freaking good story too. I don't know if 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 you listen, if you I haven't, haven't listened, yeah, I need to I need to listen like, to it. Like, there, there's already four episodes down, um, where we have written. You know, we are written almost all of them. We're way ahead in writing. We're we're recording every week. I block off an hour of my day every day at the before my day starts just to my podcast stuff. Wow. Um, and it's it's a really good story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're not listening, it's derailedpodcast.com. Okay. It's on uh so yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a podcast nerd. Yeah. You clearly, I was going to say you are a podcast nerd. So yeah. And we'll, and we'll link it in the show notes too, for anyone that's listening that wants to go check it out. Um, my, my last question for you, man, we, we've talked about so many different things, sales, software, hopper, you know, now we're talking about podcasting and murder mysteries. I think this might be like the most diverse set of topics that we've covered in like an episode ever. Um, but this is fun. I, at least I'm having fun. So I want to hear, I want to hear as we close out, just any, any musings and, and insights you have uh, hot takes, if you will, on like the future of hospitality and, and travel. You've dabbled around the industry for a while now. You've, you know, so many different interesting perspectives, having again, worked at a number of cool travel companies. Now also, um, hosting a podcast in the space, you get to interview lots of people and, 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 you know, collect lots of different perspectives. So what are some, what are some hot takes that you have on, on the future of the industry? Great, great question. I think the, the biggest thing and the most important things that, that I see are, you know, there's, there's so many entrants into our space, the, yeah. the quicker and that, and the, or the more access to professional tools that these entrants get and the quicker they, uh, they adopt these tools the betterment for our industry as a whole um, because we're going to continue con and continue to fight our regulations um and and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how how you know different municipalities go ahead and and and, and look at you know str and, and we're already been in a lot of a lot of fights yeah um with that so i, I think like the more professional that hosts can be and you know the earlier on in their journey into the space the betterment of our industry as a whole um so i think overall as as an industry we need to do a better job of of being welcoming from a professionally management in a sense from the vendors that focus on professional like i think we need to be more welcoming yeah yeah um to to all yeah um and give them access to to the tools and the knowledge that that we have gained over the years of doing this um, because I think together we're we're going to be successful. Um, the the other big take is uh, brand is so so important. Yeah. You know that our traveler today expects certain things. They expect a a an experience that is hotel esque. 
but they don't want to go to a hotel. They want to be <laughs> in a, an Airbnb or Verbo or your short-term rental or whatever professionally managed property management uh, you know, company that there is. But they want a hotel, a curated, you know, you know, you know, as least amount of touch experience as possible. Yeah. And so, so by by branding that and whatever that is, the the ones that are winning in this space are are this is what we do here. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is what we do in Austin, but this is also what we do in San Francisco. And it doesn't matter if you're at, you know, X company here in Austin, this property management company, or if you're in San Francisco, it's the same experience. Yep. Yep. And I think those are, you know, those that figure that out or take it at a smaller scale, you're in one, you're, you have five properties, you're yeah. a host. But the experience is the same in your community, no matter which one of those properties you go to. Yeah. You're going to find the same soaps. You're going to find the same type of linens. You're going to find the same check-in, check-out experience. I think those that figure those things out quickly are just going to crush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, true that, man. Um, very, very well said. Uh, John, this has been this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate everything that you're doing in the space. Thanks for telling us a little bit about your story, sharing some insights around things that, you're focused on and, and excited about. I think that you have uh, really good energy and uh, I'm excited to just continue to stay in touch, man. Um, so thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing some of your time with us. If folks do wanna learn a little bit more about Direct and or they wanna reach out to you and, and just get to know you a little bit, what's the, what's the best way for them to do so? Um, John at directsoftware.com will be the best way to go ahead and do that. And then, you know, through, you know, the podcast, either one of the, the websites you're going to go ahead and share, there's a way to go ahead and get in contacts there as well. Perfect. So we'll link your email, we'll link uh, podcast websites uh, and direct in the show notes. Yeah, and, and link my LinkedIn. I'm super, super active on LinkedIn. So feel free to link that. Perfect. Will do, man. Hey, super thankful for your time. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time. <laughs>